Talking this morning with uh, Township Economist Mbongi um, Seni Slow Motion Sangweni. Mfunuguaz, the Slow Motion. Where does it come from? Actually, my name is Slow Mo. It's a certain name that means it's more like precious. In the Ikuku, it means you are precious. So you know, in the location, if you are if you are lucky, you will be caught in a kisto. If you ask them, you ask them this so, so now slow mo was changed to slow motion. All right. When I was growing up, then now I started. Then I started a company called Slow Motion. All right. slow motion Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Good morning to you and your listeners, and thank you for having me. I'm Kululego. Now we are talking about business compliance for township businesses. Um, yes. is, is it still relevant for us to distinguish between businesses uh, based on their location? So like you are township economists, but they are just general economists and then there are businesses um, in metropolitan areas. We wouldn't say a metropolitan business, but we are very specific when we say township. Okay. Um, I think it is important um, because I think when you when you talk about the West Township on its own, and um, there is a lot of uh, belief that um, it is those people, it is those businesses um, that do not deliver uh, those businesses that are small, always small. Those businesses. there are a lot of things that when we say township businesses, we think about. But if you look at it right now, we used to have big shops, big retailers in town. But all of those malls are coming into the township, and they are not called small businesses. So as township citizens, we are trying to change that, to say um, business is business, whether we are in the township or whether we are in the metropolitan, but business is business. But also going into the government side of things, you would find a funding like um, township and rural entrepreneurship program, which speaks to a specific area which means if you are not in that specific area, uh, then you won't be considered. So, yes, there's definitely a lot of talk around the businesses that are based in the township. And there is a difference there and there. Mm, okay, okay. So uh, we are talking business compliance today, uh, specific for the township businesses. What are some of the compliance regulations that all businesses should adhere to? Okay, um, in South Africa... Every business uh, must be able to register with the CIPC and get a certificate uh, from the CIPC. So now, um, while uh, when you are registered with the CIPC, you will also be automatically registered with SARS uh, for income tax. Your company will be registered with SARS uh, for income tax. It happens automatically when you register your company with CIPC. Now, let's start with CIPC. When you register with CIPC, then after every 12 months, I think this is the most uh, biggest mistake um, entrepreneurs do. After, 12, after every 12 months, you are expected to pay uh, for small businesses. It is normally 100 rand. Um, and for close corporations, uh, yeah, it is um, 100 rand, all of them. 
But when you skip a year, they will add 50 rand extra, and it will become 150 for every year that you have been paid. We are talking about compliance because it is still part and parcel of compliance. You don't just register and leave your company like that. Um, whether it is operational or not operational, after registration, you need to make sure that after every 12 months, you file your returns and pay 100 chance to start. You know, um, I think I would call it, I'm not sure if I'm going to call it a disaster right now, but in two days or three days time, there will be a lot of businesses that will be deregistered um, by the IPC because of non-payment of these annual returns. Actually, on the 19th, yeah, a lot of, they've sent out that communication to businesses. A lot of businesses will be deregistered because they don't comply with the annual returns. So um, that is the IPC annual returns. Then with SAR, even if the company is not operational, you are still expected to file what we call nil returns. You just um, disclosing to start that my company was not operating or is a small business. I'm not making enough money to pay tax. So you will still be able to file nil return. So those two are compulsory. But on top of that, I think there is um, what has been added with SARS called the representative or public officer. You will not be able to file your returns when there is no appointed representative on your e-filing account. I said when you register with the IPC, automatically you are registered with SARS. So you also have to have an e-filing account, open an e-filing account so that you can be able to file, then appoint a representative on your e-filing account. Same with the IPC, I think last year, not even I think last year, they introduced what we call a beneficial ownership BO. Now, it is compulsory for every registered company to have a beneficial um, ownership. It is similar to the representative of SARS or public officers from SARS. And from 1 April, every company that does not have a um, BO won't be able to file the IPC annual returns. I think those are the two most basic um, compliance. Then we will uh, maybe talk later about uh, sector-based compliance. But for every business, whether you are a saloon, whether you are a tavern, whether you are a father shop, whether you are, you need this um, compliance that I just mentioned, which is compulsory and most basic. But uh, slow motion, there's uh, those businesses that are trading as uh, sole proprietors or those who are um, informal traders. Should they also be registered with CIPC? Okay. Um, now, the, the, remember, the registration comes with its own advantages. I know others will say, but I won't be able to pay 100 rand every year. The cost of running a company is very expensive. So now, but you would find that most of the time, the informal businesses will want um, to come and again look for funding. Um, yes, uh, there are likes of your GEP that will fund informal businesses. Yes. Uh, but in most cases, when you look at uh, bigger funds, they would want books. They would want to know uh, if you are compliant. They, want, they would want to know about you before they can give you funding. But um, the issue of compliance uh, for informal businesses in South Africa is not yet uh, compulsory. It is optional. 
but it puts you at an advantage if you've got a registered company. So in order for your business to expand, to start trading with other bigger businesses, to start seeking for finance or funding, you need to be compliant in the way that you have told us. So get your company registered, um, get your tax, uh, be compliant there, and then you are able to put yourself in the right direction. Yes, definitely, yes. Those, uh, the one that I mentioned are the basic and uh, compulsory ones. But now when you want to start trading, maybe um, when you're looking for funding, when you're looking um, to work with the government, now there will be other compliance that you'll have to add on top of the two that I mentioned. For an example, if you are looking for funding, they will always look at your bank statement. How is the performance of your business? Um, they will always look at, um, at the number of clients you're having, how much invoices you have. Um, the financials of the business, uh, the team of the business. But in terms of compliance, the bank account is also key. Uh, if you're going to be doing business with government, they will also look uh, for your triple BEE. They will also look for your CSD, which is the central supplier database. Um, but also, if now you will be in the construction sectors, there will be sector-based compliance that will be required um, for example, if you get a tender to build a school or to build a road or to build, then the likes of your CIDP will be required, the likes of your NHPRC will be required, your code. And now that is sector based. If you are in security, Syria, if you are in, uh, if you're going to be lending money to people, um, the NCR, if you are in the father shop, um, your certificate of acceptability. So each and every sector will have its own. Uh, compliance needs. Uh, those businesses that are, and there's a lot of them in the townships, um, that are butcheries or buy and brise, what are their compliance uh, regulations? Because what you've mentioned uh, is mainly around construction for sector-based uh, compliance. Okay. Uh, more, uh, businesses that deal with food um, now, on top of the two that I mentioned, they will be required to have what we called a, a certificate of acceptability or a health certificate that they can get from their ne nearest municipality. Whether you are a buy-in uh, you are a butchery, um, you are a father shop, um, that will be an extra uh, required uh, compliance document from you. Um, as you will be dealing with food. They will come and inspect the place to check how clean it is, to check a lot of things, the health inspectors, and then they will issue the certificate of acceptability if they feel um, that you, your place is clean enough and uh, it's acceptable to deal with food. That's why I think if you can check in the uh, recent um, past few months, there were a lot of issues with some of the businesses which they felt which they do not comply. Because now you would find uh, someone in a, uh, you would find Father Shop A, the person sleeps inside the shop, the person um, puts everything like um, um, the stock where they sleep. Um, it's not clean. There's a toilet in there. So the certificate of acceptability cannot be issued in such a place. They will have to come and check and approve you to say, no, but your place is not clean enough or your place is not um suitable for us to issue this kind of a certificate. But yes, there is a certificate of acceptability that is issued to uh, businesses that deals with food. 
Now, <laughs> even those are Taisama Queen, those who are selling fat cakes and makota, should they also be compliant? Should they also go to the municipality and uh, get the certificate? Okay, um, definitely. Actually, I think uh, one other thing that we have been fighting for as um, township economy matters, it is that there is no consistency when it comes to compliance uh, with our municipalities. For example, there are, many, there are municipalities that will issue um, as far as a shop licensing, uh, but others they will tell you, no, we don't issue anything like that. Yeah, so uh, previously what they would do, they would just go into the municipality and ask for a license for as shops. I'm coming to the Amakwenya. So um, when it comes to Amakwenya, most of these guys, you would find them um, selling in the street. Now, uh, theirs, it has to do with bylaws. So the certificate of acceptability is not issued there because what they look for is a structure or a building. Um, the certificate of uh, most of Amalquina people will just uh, go into the street and uh, put their um, table and whatsoever, then start selling uh, food. So um, most of the uh, compliance there is not applicable. And to them, to be honest with you, it, it becomes expensive. Uh, yes, it may sound it may sound cheap to pay hundred rand once a year, but remember, right now there is a PO that has been introduced for us. Um, um, my company, I'm from a company called Slow Machine, but that company which has 450, but we felt it's even too small to, to do the PO for small businesses, which is a beneficial ownership, and it's compulsory. Which means the person that is selling Amakwinya there now, if the for the registered company. They have to uh, file the beneficial ownership. If they can't do that, because most of these people are old people, they have to pay. A lot of um, other people are charging 900, 1.5 for the beneficial ownership. I know that for a way at EIPC to say you can do it like this, like this, like this. But at the end of the day, it becomes expensive for this kind of um, for this kind of compliance to other businesses, of which. That's why um, the likes of Township Economy Matters are in talks with some municipalities to find ways that are better, um, to treat better, whether with bylaws or with certificate of acceptability to informal businesses and to small businesses. You're talking about uh, beneficial ownership. Some people might not know what that means, what it is. Uh, talk to us about it. Okay, the beneficial ownership, it was introduced um, last year. Um, maybe, it, yeah, it was introduced by CITC because um, they want, um, they're just enforcing the issue of security um, around their system. So now, if you have got a company, let's say you have got uh, three or four directors, you have to appoint one director to be a beneficial ownership where um, they will represent the company every time the IPC wants information. They are more like a public officer or a representative of the company. And it is compulsory. Actually, it was supposed to be, the deadline was last year, but they postponed because a lot of people are not even aware of it. So now the deadline is the 1st of April. Um, on the 1st of April, it is compulsory for every registered company to appoint a beneficial ownership. If you do not have a beneficial ownership, then you won't be able to file the CIPC returns, 
which has said it is 100 rands or 150 if you have got penalties um, or all the number of years that you, have, you haven't paid, yeah, they put it to that. But the beneficial ownership is something like that. Now, we've got a lot of uh, businesses in the township that are not necessarily owned by natives of the township, if I may so call it. Um, they are foreign-owned. How do we ensure com- that they are compliant with tax, with CIPC, with municipalities? Yes, oh, okay. Um, with that one, I'll be very careful because you know these kind of things, they end up um, creating... Um, the likes of what you call uh, the, the, the unrest, the xenophobic stuff, and all of that. But that is the biggest problem that we are having in the township because Father Shop A complies and Father Shop B does not comply. Actually, if you go to most of the Father Shops, you'd find that the certificate of acceptability that is there is not even valid. The company is not, uh, does not have a business bank account, um, the business is not paying tax. The business, uh, okay, though this one is outside of compliance, but you would find that there's a toilet inside the shop, the person is sleeping inside the shop. The, so now, when Spada Shop B is paying for all of these things, let's talk about the business account. It is part of the compliance optional. But um, I have to pay monthly fees for a business account so that I remain compliant, so that I can be able to disclose to staff to say this is how much money I am making. So the fees that I'm paying now, it means I have got um, a lot of overhead that I'm paying as Father Shop B. Whilst Father Shop A is not paying anything. They are, they, they are not paying employees. They are taking employees maybe from outside the country. They are not paying... Uh, we're not even in, in the tax bracket. We are still talking about maintaining a business account. You are not paying a business account. You are not, right now I'm talking of, about the BO. No one is going to be doing that, which means that the, the, the guys that are South African have to pay for the BO. They have to file for returns in August. They have to, so there is a lot of costs involved for the people that are complying than the ones that are not complying. But unfortunately, um, it is not in our hands. Um, this law, um, there are law enforcement that needs to take care of this. We just have to partner with them um, in order to, for us to enforce this kind of laws. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, what I would advise people is that if they form these little groups where they approach uh, whether shops or non-complying businesses, they must invite police, they must invite um, uh, municipalities, Department of Health, um, all the relevant stakeholders, they must not just form groups and get into shop because they find themselves in trouble and they, maybe they will cause unnecessary risk. But definitely it's a big problem. There is a lot of money that is leaving the township. Remember, money must circulate uh, in the township at least two, three times before it leaves the community. But this time around, it leaves the community as cash. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, uh, there's little that we can do about it because there are people responsible for enforcing those kind of um, laws and compliance to these businesses. When it comes to being compliant, um, I go into a business and I want to know um, whether they are compliant or not. Can I just ask that business? Um, and if I find they're not compliant, where do I report it? <laughs> 
Okay, um, it, it, it depends what kind of compliance. For an example, um, the certificate of acceptability, it is issued by the municipality, uh, which I think is their Department of Health. So now um, you can report that to the municipality or you can report that to the, um, uh, to the police to say, this is what I found in the shop. Um, they are not complying. It's not valid. What can be done around it? But you know, um, the third part, what is the most third part? I know it might get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. You, you, you know this, this compliance, you'd find that the shop has got a certificate hanging up there um, that was not supposed to be issued in the first place, in the first place. So here is a certificate that was issued by the municipality and it's not valid. Um, I, I'll make an example. Uh, I'll make an example with a different uh, license, like the liquor license. Uh, the liquor license, before they issue the liquor license, there are things they look around to say, a school, a church, a crash, how many meters around it. There are things that they look for before they issue a liquor license, before they have a liquor board, issue a liquor license, which means they issue a liquor license based on um, the area that you are in, the, 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 yeah, based on the physical address. So now, here is the biggest problem. Here is the certificate of acceptability. It's original. It has been issued by the municipality. So now, it puts you in danger if you are going to the municipality, the same municipality that issued the certificate to say, but there is a certificate that is not valid there, uh, which is another problem that we have came across. To say, someone would go there, but they, they would go and report to the very same person that issued the certificate. So now, this person will be in trouble because now they would find, uh -uh, actually, the status of this person is no longer um, secured. Also, with the um, same with police, you go to the police, there's someone who's getting 20 rand or 30 rand every day to that shop, and then you go there and report. A, a, a photo of you will be taken and say, this person came, uh, and, and the owner of the shop, and by the way, they know who to this kind of this person comes to the shop every day and buy. So it means this one is not buying, is looking into things here, which might get you into trouble. So that is the state of um, I would call it corruption that is there in the country, which also makes people to be scared to stand up and say, but this is happening, which end up them resolving informing groups that are not even illegal and, and taking things by force. But there are departments, but there's still ways that needs to be done or laws that needs to be enforced to make sure people are safe when they are reporting this kind of in incidences. Now, as we wrap up, it is very important for businesses to be compliant um, with the laws of uh, the land. Um, just give us uh, your closing uh, remarks, please. Uh, Silo motion. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely it is important. It is, uh, what I always say it is start where you are, Start with what you have. Just start. Whether you have got 50 runs, go and stock. Go to the robot, sell whatsoever you have. But don't stop there. The biggest mistake that we do is we want to remain small forever. No, don't remain small. Grow. Um, and I know when I'm uh, talking about funding, a lot of people want to start with funding. But I normally say, no, go and get the funding when you want to grow. So... Start, what you, start where you are, start with what you have, and grow. Then in your growth, that's where you'll be able to attract your funding. That's where you'll be able to attract 
uh, tenders. That's where you'll be able to attract partners that will come and fund with partners that will come and work with you. Um, as a slow motion, um, the COZA, we are able to help you with any compliance needs that um, you would want. Um, slow motion is a business consultancy company. We can help you anywhere in the country. Um, slow motion, we connect brands to the world. Give us uh, your social media handles or contact number for those who might need your assistance. Okay, uh, we are available on all social media platforms. We are Slow Machine, that is S-I-M, it's S-I-L-O-M-O-T-I-O-N, Slow Machine. Uh, on Facebook, we are Slow Machine, uh, Slow Machine on Twitter, we are slowmachine.co.za on Instagram. On TikTok, we are Slow Motion. On LinkedIn, Bongsen Sangweni. Our website is www.slowmotion.co.za. And you have got a WhatsApp line, which is 084-637-9014. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning.